Welcome back, everybody, to the final episode of the Soul Serum Podcast. I am your Yokisha host, Clay Bonin. I'm usually joined by my trapped souls in their mind, but I'm not Bryson, co-host Tanner Mavis. But unfortunately, Tanner cannot be here with us today, so I'm on the solo tip. It is an interview episode. Uh, Let me clarify, it's not the last podcast episode ever, um, but after this podcast, we are going to go on a break for the month of September. We are moving the set into a new space. We are upping the visuals, upping the aesthetics of it. And, uh, you know, it's just... We've been releasing episodes for like eight months straight now, so be nice to have a little break. It'd be nice to have a little break. But of course, I have to remind everybody, follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Soul Serum. Follow the TV page as well at Soul Serum TV. Subscribe to us on YouTube, the main page and the TV page. Um, I heard... I heard on the main page is going to be a couple new videos coming soon. That's just what I've heard, though. That's just what I've heard. Um, Discord, Patreon, TikTok, all the links are in the bio down below. But enough of that, because like I said, it is an interview episode today. Um, And today on the show, we have a man of many talents. He's a Cincinnati hip hop staple, a songwriter, a producer, a performer. And by looking at his hair, he might be somebody's auntie, too. Today on the show, we have Devin Burgess. Welcome. Can we get a clap from the studio audience? That was the, that was the audience that wasn't here. They just, they just there, there's 300 people on the other side of the camera. Yo, you in the back here. and the nosebleeds was popping. I appreciate you for being here, B. Man, right. how are you? I'm great, man. It's good to be here. I'm glad I actually got to get to talk to you. So thank yeah. you for having me, brother, first and foremost. Thank you for coming on. I love your hat, by the way. Thank I you. love the goofy hat. Like, thank you. With that. The hat with the hat on it. It's a lot going on. <laughs> I like it. I like it. Um, so let's just start at the beginning here. Uh, tell us about where you're from and how you originally like got into music. I am from a little town called Middletown, Ohio. Shout out Middletown, Ohio. Shout out Ben Hafer. I know he'll be listening. He's from Middletown, Ohio. If anyone hears this, do not blame me for me and from Middletown. I did not choose to be born from Middletown, but I'm from there. You know what I mean? Um, I got into music kind of like on some accidental shit. I can curse, right? Yeah, absolutely. Okay, okay, we're we're on YouTube. You can, you Say can do whatever less. you want. Okay, big bad. Okay, yeah. So like I was fucking up in school and my mom took me out of sports. So I was like, well, I need to find something to do. And then my grandmother got my, my little brother like this Yamaha keyboard. Mm-hmm. He was not fucking with it. So it was just like sitting in the basement. So I, like when I was bored, I would just go down there and fuck around. Like I kind of mm-hmm. fuck with like playing keys a little bit. Started uh, playing songs by ear, like mm-hmm. s- just regular songs that I just knew. And from there, I found a love for production. I was like, well, I want to produce. My dad got me like Fruity Loops, like eight or some dumb shit. Like, and <laughs> and because Fruity Loops is at like twelve or something, right? So that was yeah. back in yeah. the day, back in the day. Yeah. So he got me that, and then like that's kind of where it just spawned off, and then. I was making beats for a little bit. They were trash. They were super trash. Mm-hmm. Oh my god! What and what age is this when you start to like make beats and actually start to get into like making music? Um, let me see. This 
I had to have been like what 16, mm-hmm. 16, something like that. I think that's when I finally started like actually fucking with the program. Yeah. Um, and then from there, I kind of started rapping to myself. And then one of the homies was like, yo, you should just like rap, like for real. And I was like, okay, bet. I never did this before, so I'm gonna do that. I go to class, we supposed to be taking notes. I was like, fuck this, I'm writing a rap right now, nigga. So <laughs> I wrote, wrote my rap. We came back to lunch. I spat my rap for him. He was like, yo, that was pretty dope. You should keep going. And I've been rapping ever since. Wow. Like that. All, all, be, all, all because shout that one person. Shout out to the homie, bro. Shout the out way. to Breon. I don't know if you're listening, but like shout my nigga, Breon. I will never forget that. He he was like, bro, just keep doing it. And I've been rapping ever since. So shout out to him. Wow. That's all, crazy. All it takes is one person to just give you a little push, bro. A little push. You That's I mean? it. You can go a long way. One thing I wanted to ask you about is in, um, I think it's the Mind the Method uh, interview where the, the video they did with you. Mm-hmm. You you said your dad was the bootleg man. Yeah. Like he had all the bootleg CDs. Did he also do like movies too or or was it just music? First and foremost, my dad was allegedly the bootleg. Alle- man. Allegedly, me, of course. We don't know for that. sure. We don't know I for sure. I try to get my pops this schemed is, up. This is just alleged. This is what of I heard. Course. This is what <laughs> I heard. So I don't even, but yeah. Yeah. But uh, he had like movie CDs, like all types of shit. And that's kind of how like I got into like making my own mix CDs and shit yeah. and taking them back to my mom's house. And I was like sequencing like mixes and shit. So that's now I can put that with my craft and now I just know how to make albums and shit now. So was it, were you just getting like a taste of all different kinds of music too? Like, were you just, just a byproduct of having all of these random CDs? You just got to listen to everything? Literally. Like he would have anything, whether it was like an album or like a new Mm mixtape from a DJ or whoever, like he would just have it. I would go just to look and see what he had. I would spend hours just sitting at the computer, just listening to shit and just go through figure out what I wanted, burn a seat. I used to get in hella in trouble too because he would sell them and shit. Yeah. And I was kind of cutting into his stash. Like, <laughs> just burning like mad CDs over the weekend. It's like, bro, I could have made hella money off that. I'm like, my bad, son. So, yeah. But yeah, it, it all it all paid off. Cutting into Pop's profit margins. Man. <laughs> that's cool though. I, I, I think that's a, like... Everybody, obviously, people's parents are like largely responsible for like planting those seeds and Mm -hmm. like listening to music early on. But that's like an interesting avenue, though, is like you just happen to have all of these random like music files and you get to go through it. Yeah. Um, so I want to talk about the music, obviously, uh, as as to that's why we're here. Right. Um, so you, I know that you do a little bit of everything, but you're like primarily on the production side, though, right? Or would you? I don't even know anymore. <laughs> <laughs> like I literally, I try to balance everything. I, I will say that rapping is what I do the least these days. Okay. Um, I have been doing more engineering more than anything, and I've definitely been doing more production more than anything. So I guess mm-hmm. to answer your question, yes. <laughs> But not to say that you don't. Yeah, right, right, right for sure, for sure. But but I wanted to talk about like your style of production because I think it's a it's a very like eclectic style mm-hmm. and sound. I think the easy comparison is obviously like a Jay Dilla or like a Mad Lib or something mm-hmm. like that. And I've been trying to articulate what that means, like what that sounds like to me. And it's almost like it's like this cave of sound and percussion, mm-hmm. right? With all of these different layers or like stalagmites, if you will, mm-hmm. of like different sounds so as somebody who doesn't make beats how do you create such like complex seemingly complex and lush beats like how does that translate from the brain to the to the program well i'm inspired by people like matt lib and dilla and Mm -hmm. knowledge and flylo and timberland so like a lot of those all of them have like feeling as far as like what 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 they all kind of have in common is like feeling so like Mm -hmm. 
I don't, I'm not the most technically trained person. Like, I didn't go to school for none of this. I've learned all this shit on my own, self-taught, whatever. Mm-hmm. So, like, I just go based off what I think feels good. You know what I mean? I'm, I'm a person that likes to fill up space. I make beats with the intention of there being no words on them at all. So, like, that's why I, I love when that. you hear them, there's, like, a lot going on or it may feel like a lot going on because, like, I want to fill up that space where they're usually supposed to be words, but there's no words. Right, So, right. whatever I can do to just make shit feel like a soundscape and I'm just bringing you into a, to a world, then that's what I want to do. Soundscape is the right word. Yes, That's sir. that is like the 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 word that kept going through mm-hmm. my head. Like like for example, like your your album Keisha. Like yes. it's just this like kind of lo-fi instrumental concurrent kind of album. Mm-hmm. You know, you can let this thing ride all the way through. Literally. There's songs that are like a minute long. There's some songs that are less than a minute. Mm-hmm. So talk to me a little bit about how do you, how do you create like projects like that like do you start with just one beat and you're like well let's see if i can connect it to this one Mm -hmm. or do you already have in mind like i want to make this project everything most of my projects start relatively spontaneous for me Mm -hmm. like i'll i'll make something make something else make something else and then like by that time i'll identify like okay i finally got the ball rolling so like what am i gonna do once i figure that out i'm like okay bet this is what i'm about to do and then just go from there but like None of my projects have ever started off, like, preconceived. Like, I knew exactly what I was going to do before I was going to do it. Like, nah, I don't ever know. I just be making shit until I fucking know, and then I put it out. It's interesting, like, I think there's, um, there's, like, a certain, like, intangible thing to making music that, like, a lot of artists share that, that uh, experience with you where it's, like, they're, like, are just kind of making music, just kind of whatever, mm-hmm. and then you get, like, two or three songs, and you're, like, hmm. I think this might be something. Yeah. I think this might be a way to, there might be a way to put this together. Mm-hmm. But in, in like, I know that, that like still on the top topic of Keisha here, like while it's not necessarily like a seamless, like the songs seamlessly, you know, transition into one mm-hmm. another, but they do stack up right onto one another. So yeah. after you get some done, are you thinking about like, okay, I need to figure out how to get this beat to this beat. Or this instrumental to this instrumental, mm-hmm. and how do I fit that? Yeah, sequencing is very important to me. Like how an album flows can like make or break your album, regardless mm-hmm. if it's just instrumentals or if it got words on it or, or whatever. Yeah. So yeah, I put a lot of thought into the sequencing. I'm like, okay, what just feels good going after each other, and like mm-hmm. that's what I came up with. Um, a lot of times I'll like make playlists in my phone and then put the songs on my phone and put them in a playlist just so I could hear how shit sounds. Uh, yeah. So like before I put the album out, I'm listening to it in the order just to see what I need to switch around or whatever. So I'm very, I put a lot of time into sequencing for sure. So, but in this kind of just confirms my, my feeling here, but you're definitely, you strike me as somebody who appreciates albums as entire works mm-hmm. or entire entities. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, why like what what is the appeal of that because i have my own answer i also am somebody who like i love just turning on an album and letting it ride Mm -hmm. i just love listening to an album all the way uh but what like what is so enticing about that to you making a complete body of work um i think because i'm here for the slow burn like Mm -hmm. i think that's one of the reasons why i like putting together bodies of work like i typically don't have like a lot of singles like yeah I'll, i'll put out something and then something else that I'm like, all right, bet, tape coming. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, I don't I don't know. I, I just much rather showcase everything 
instead of just like one blip. You know what I mean? Like I I do too much just to show you one thing at one time. So it's mm -hmm. like, nah, I'm emptying the whole clip and y'all gonna get it right now. So it's like, and that's how I've always been. Like I came out the gate. My first body of work was called The Elegant Project. I released it my senior year of high school. I turned 18 and I think that bitch was like 19 tracks. Mm -hmm. I had like maybe a single or two out before then, but like, yeah, I was just like, bro, here go the body of work. I'm I'm a legacy act too. I feel like like so I want to make sure my albums are great. You know what I'm saying? Like anytime you ever surface my name or my music, whatever, you know that it's gonna be like dope content. So yeah. I put a lot of effort into that shit too. Well, what's really interesting about your music and your discography, like I would say for so we've had probably. 25-ish, 20 to 25 guests on this show. Mm. Um, and I would say for almost half of them, I ask some form of the question like, so when are you putting a project out or are you working on a project? Because mm. a lot of people nowadays and how we consume music, it's this uh, this barrage of singles. Or which, EP. Which works, which mm. works for people and there's nothing wrong with that. But you are somebody who's on the flip side of that coin. Mm. Like, you probably have the biggest discography out of everybody that I've interviewed. And you kind of just answered it a little bit to me just now. But like, is like, has that always been your mindset, though? Have you ever kind of wanted to dabble with like the single kind of barrage that people put out? Or are you just always like, like you want this to be a body of work and want this to be a product that's fully fleshed out? Well, I know specifically on this rollout now, I've been like trying to entertain the whole drop a single thing. But now my issue is I don't know which song I want to drop as a single because <laughs> literally all that shit is fire, bro. Like I don't yeah. know what to choose from. And it's like. It's like trying to figure out which one of your kids you love the most. It's like, bro, that's fucked up. You know, I love all my kids, but like, you know, one of them might shine more than the other. I might fuck with that. I don't know. Yeah. So like now with me being indecisive, because I can be indecisive sometimes, a lot of times. If you mm -hmm. know me, it's a lot of times. I'm going to stop playing. Um, <laughs> Are you a Libra? I'm a Capricorn. Oh, okay. I'm yeah. a Libra, and that's one of our things really? is that we're indecisive. Oh, yeah. okay. I don't yeah, know yeah. if that's a thing for Capricorns, no, but I, that's no. me. Big Capricorns time. out there, holler at us. Let us know. Bro, we be yeah, getting no. a bad rap, but I, we ain't going to talk about it. <laughs> um, What would you say? Is that my... You said, is that my... You were talking about putting out singles and how it's hard to choose. Yeah, specifically yeah. on this album, because like I said, everything is just very consistent, and it's like my best shit, so I don't know what to lead with, so I just have it, but I'm going to figure it out. Yeah. I'm figure it out. That is... Uh, you you brought up uh like it's like choosing your kids. You also have another great quote from that mind the method video. You said, My beats are like children and you can't just let anyone babysit your kids. On me. <laughs> Will you just it, just elaborate on that a little bit for me, Bro, please? Okay, look. Because I agree. Like I totally get what you're saying. Uh -huh. I just love how you expressed it. <laughs> because that cause like you feel that. Like yeah. you wouldn't just let anyone you babysit can't. your look, kids. A right? babysitter is very important. You know what I'm saying? Depending on who you got watching your kids. My beats are my children. Artists are babysitters. You can't let everyone babysit your kids, bro. Like, you just can't. So that's why I'm very meticulous and very selective about who I allow on my beats because not everyone can do everything on it. Like, it's just that plain and simple. Like, yeah. it's, no, it's no beef. I don't think that you're not dope. It's just that I don't hear your voice over this production. And that's a big thing for me. I have to hear you over my shit first. Mm -hmm. Like if I don't hear you, it don't matter if you reach out to me or not. Like, no, I don't hear you on there. So I can't, I can't do it. Like now sometimes I might be wrong and a nigga be like, let me be on there. I'll be like, nah. And they be like, all right, let me do it. And I'll be like, all right. And then like they do it. I'll be like, okay, that's dope. But that seldom happens. <laughs> so 
I said what I said. <laughs> well, that actually leads into something else that I want to talk about with you is, is while I think like you're obviously very strong on the DIY side of things, mm-hmm. mixing, mastering, production, writing the lyrics. Mm-hmm. You're also no stranger to collaboration. Even when it comes to projects, you have multiple projects that are in collaboration mm-hmm. with people. Um, what makes doing an entire project with another artist so attractive to you? Like as somebody who, like I've referenced is very DIY mm-hmm. in a lot of this too. I think it's cool doing that shit because like the people that I've done projects with, I feel like I get to really tap into what I like about them specifically. Mm-hmm. So, so for instance, like if I, if I got Grand Ace or if I got like JB or, or Sweetie Mac or something, it's like they have something about them that I like. So I'm trying my best to cater to that. And yeah. then we just make either a body of work or a single just based off that and just keep it pushing. Like yeah. I really be trying to bring the best out of people and also something different out of people. Well, that's honestly the grand ace uh, arcades in Vegas is actually where I discovered your music. We're, and he was, and he was like on the show. I was, I was like, I was like, yeah, I'd never heard of Devin Burgess. He was like, what? but then i go back obviously i'm listening to your discography for Mm -hmm. this interview and i don't want to mess up the words hold on let me the most recent one the sketches of healing 2020 Mm -hmm. you and brandon isaac i've really really enjoyed that project that's great a very like necessary and like serious subject matter Mm -hmm. on that as well and I know that you have like the verse on like the very first song, mm-hmm. right? But the rest of it is kind of production yes. from you. Uh-huh. Talk to me a little bit about that project. How how did that come about? Yeah, man. First and foremost, shout out to Brandon. You know what I'm saying? That's the shout homie. Shout out, Brandon. Uh, we 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 uh we created a real special project with that. Uh, he's one of those person, one of those persons, one of those people that uh, drums can be distracting for him. Mm-hmm. And do you mean he says do you mean like? Okay, okay, I was going to so like, say, for so, him personally yes. or his voice no, on No, no, for him personally. Okay, so, like, drums gotcha. can just be too much, you know what I'm saying? And, like, what he, he what he says is very impactful. He means that shit, and it comes from, like, his soul, for real. So, yeah. like, he doesn't necessarily need anything to distract people from what he's saying. Mm-hmm. So that's why a lot of those beats have no drums on them. It's just loops, you know what I'm saying? I just chop some shit up, make that shit sound dusty, and he just did his thing. But, like, I think it was purposeful. And I feel like if drums were... On that project, it may not have been received as well because, you know, him plus the drums too distracting for the listener or what have you. But I think that was like a great decision. I was like, bro, you just got to get your raps off, like, period. That's really cool. That's really cool. You you understood the assignment. Yeah, right. Like you understood like he's he's speaking on a very serious subject matter and something that we all need to be tuned into. Exactly. And the drums could have taken us out of exactly. that as the listeners. I like that. Making music, musicians are magicians. I, I've mm-hmm. said this for a while. Like mm-hmm. it's very easy to like distract a listener, like on an element of a song by this other element of a song. So like someone could be saying some fucked up shit in in in, in a record, whatever. And but like because the beat is dope. Motherfuckers like, oh, this shit hard. But like, yeah. one day you'll actually listen to what the I, fuck I people be saying. I have multiple songs in, like, my, in my mind yeah, where I'm like, I love this beat. And then I really listen to it and I'm like, what did he say? Yeah, exactly. What are talking about? Magicians. Great magicians. <laughs> yeah. Shout yeah. out to rappers. Y'all think y'all slick. I think there's, um, 
There's an interview with like Chuck English from the Cool Kids. I don't even remember. This is just one of those things I have stored in my brain. I don't mm-hmm. remember what the interview is, but he's talking about that that uh, song "Flick of the Wrist," and he's like, Are, "Did you hear what he said?" He said, "I woke up feeling like I was on the moon. Woke up feeling like I needed a hundred goons." And he's like, "What does that mean?" <laughs> but it doesn't matter because the song's fire. Exactly, the literally, song it is don't amazing. matter. He's like, he's like, "Do you need a hundred goons on the moon? Do you really need that many?" You might, right? Moon? You don't. We don't know nothing. You might need a, just a whole gang with you. You don't know what's up there. Um, so when you so you kind of figured out what Brandon needed uh, on the sketches of Healing 2020. Talk to me about Sunday morning, the you and Sweetie Mac. What did you find out when you were making the music with him? That we both some sad boys at heart. <laughs> <laughs> like if you want me to keep it a being, like we keep just it. some 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 emotional ass niggas out, out, out here. But nah, um. That, yeah, but also that, like, he can do anything. Mm-hmm. Like, it, it don't matter It don't matter what it is. It's a lot of ebbs and flows on Sunday morning. Literally. There's a lot of ups and downs. It's a lot of ups and downs, a lot of peaks and valleys, but I think that's cool. I think, and what it represents, like, you know, Sunday, typically for a lot of people, is like a day of relaxation, mm-hmm. preparing for, like, the week or whatever, going through your whole week that you just had. So, like, that's what that album kind of meant mm-hmm. to us. Um, and it's just this very reflective, very honest, very personal. Yeah. And I think that was good for him because I feel like he feels like there is like a like a, a preconceived like notion about him that people may not be privy to. So I'm, I'm pretty sure that probably deaded a lot of shit. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely reflective. That's what I kept coming back to when mm-hmm. I was listening to Sunday Morning. Yeah. And then just because it's my personal favorite, talk to me a little bit. And also because we already had him on the show. Talk to me a little bit about Arcades in Vegas. Yeah, too. shout out to Jody. I, I want to say, if I remember correctly, he was talking about how I think he's like, either you sent him a beat or he sent you a beat. And then, or no, 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 I think you sent him a beat, mm-hmm. right? And then he kind of went in and like did his own, put his little, little yeah. sauce on it. Mm-hmm. And then you all were like... Maybe we should uh maybe we should do a whole thing. Literally. What's crazy about that project is that the first joint that we did together actually was like the last song on the album. So like uh the thought what is it called? The thought I would leave but I didn't song. I think so, yeah. That we did that first actually and like I sent that to him with just the beat and he added like just these other elements and I'm like, "Nigga, what the fuck?" And from there I was like, "Nah, we doing the tape." We just doing a tape. So he, I was, I was pestering him about him sending me melodies so I could just make shit. He finally was able to do it. He sent me like a pack of melodies. I flipped like that whole folder, and then that ended up being the fucking project. That's cool. The the arcades in Vegas, I think, shows like when we touched on like the Jay Dilla Mad Lib kind of influence. I think it shows that a lot. And the words that keep coming into my mind is like these herky jerky drums. Yeah, they're like. In one instance, you're like, okay, I understand what's going on. And it's like this weird, like, cutoff, this weird, like, stopping of the drums mm-hmm. almost. And I just I just think that that's a, such a fun, like, distinctive sound that you guys kind of ran into on that one. I really, really liked that. Also, fun fact, none of those records were created when him and I were in the room together. Like, we just were sending shit. all back and forth, yeah, back, back and, and forth. forth. And then we we just both know what we're, we're, we're doing and we're good at what we yeah. do. And we just trust each other. So, like, we were sending him this, sending me that. I didn't even have, like, much, like, edits for him. Like, when he was sending me songs back, I was like, oh, bet, that's dope. Run it. Like, cool. Simple. Does that happen often? or uh, It happened with that specific project. Typically, I like to try to be, like, hands-on, being an artist, you know, vibing, whatever. But we did that mm-hmm. during quarantine. So, like, right. we obviously couldn't do it like that. So... 
kind of had to, you know, do what you had to do. Yeah. But I typically like, you know, being with the artist because it just brings out a whole other feeling when we create. You know? Yeah. He also uh, he told me you don't uh, quantize your beats. You don't you don't quantize. Why would your I do that? <laughs> well, I mean, so like you 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 like the little bit of like human like touch yeah, or like human that's, flavor. That's that feeling I was it. talking about, bro. Because if everything is just on the grid and just it has no soul whatsoever, so like right. shit makes like seem a fucking off. robot with Literally. an algorithm can make fuck this all beat. of that. I'm a yeah. whole human out here, so like now nah, yeah. you gonna understand it when you hear it. So like yeah, it should be off a little bit, but like it's supposed to. I did that on purpose yeah. because I didn't want it to feel like someone made this that wasn't a human. So yeah, it'd be like that sometimes. And I'm, I I assume too once you've made so many beats that are like perfectly like my all my hi hats are hitting here and mm-hmm. all my kicks are hitting here at a certain point you just gotta be like fuck it yeah I just want to make a little something literally something a little different yeah no I can't do it I, I make sure I play everything live I use Ableton so shout out to Ableton Ableton Gang and yeah I do everything Ableton Gang, Ableton gang man. <laughs> I do everything on my keyboard I don't have a MIDI or nothing I do everything on my laptop and just keep it yeah. pushing you know what, I mean? what um. I see the the little like Roland like little the four hundred four rectangle is that okay? That's what it is. Yeah, the yeah, that's my baby right I there. I see like like people who uh, are how do I want to put this? People who are into kind of more of a like almost like a pure beat making kind of stance. Mm-hmm. I, and I hate to use the word pure because that has an implication of like. If you use Fruity Loops, then you're not a real producer, right, which yeah. is not what I mean. Absolutely not. Yeah. But sure. like people, because I'll be getting into like producer TikTok sometimes mm-hmm. and people are just going crazy on the little 404s. Yeah. Can you explain to me what is like the significance of that machine? Like what is so good about it? I think what's so dope about the 404 is that like how it kind of got like just, you know, revolutionized. Kind of like how like the turntables did mm-hmm. to an extent. Like the turntables, what we use turntables for now is not their original purpose. So I think now people do the same thing with a 404. Like for instance, I DJ with it. Like I don't make beats on the 404 directly, but like I'll like run my tracks through there and oh, like okay. add like compression and like the EQs that it's built in with and then run it in the Ableton and record it that way. Uh-huh. Or I'll DJ with it. You know what I'm saying? I have like Spotify open. I can do transitions, all type of effects and shit like oh, live cool. right there. Um, so it's, it's, it's just an interesting piece of work that you can do a lot of shit with that if you are creative, you can just do whatever. You know what I mean? So what what is like the original, like what was that made to be used for, for then? Making, I, I would imagine making beats, like okay. making beats on it with like people. But you're using it more as like an audio, like interface. Uh, interface kind of. or, okay. or like a controller. Yeah, ah, that ass. Okay, okay. That, now I'm seeing, now I'm, I'm seeing the vibes. Absolutely. I'm seeing the vibes yes, all sir. of a sudden. The only beats I ever made were in the beginning of quarantine and I had like the little MIDI keyboard that everybody has, mm-hmm. you know, like the it's like the one octave with like the eight pads. So anything else, anything above a keyboard, I'm like, what? Like, how do people <laughs> there's a lot of buttons? Yeah, on it's, there. it's like I'm this? not even gonna lie, like making beats in the 404 takes a lot of practice and patience. Like it's because it's, it's it seems to me like it's like like an analog piece of equipment, right? Yeah, like, exactly like it it's not really made for using with a laptop. For sure. People obviously do use Absolutely. it with that, but it's not necessarily geared. Yeah, no. Nah, like you have everything you need right there, and you have like a resample mode and you got a pattern mode. Pattern mode, you can just like make patterns and boom. Resample allows you to do whatever the fuck you want to do. You just have to, have to be good at timing. If your timing is mm, fucked up, your beat is mm-hmm. going to sound trash. But pattern mode makes it easy to make beats. And to quantize drums if you want to and all that other good shit. But like it's it's crazy, bro. It just takes a lot of patience and practice.
practice. We don't quantize drums over on this yeah, side. No, you feel me? Anti-quantize game. Anti-quantize. <laughs> on me. If anybody out there quantizing their beats, you're dead to me. It's a wrap. That's not true. Hey, anybody, you can make your beats however you yeah, want, everybody. Attention listeners across the galaxy, all the way from Australia to Houston. Do we have a pube problem? If so, our friends at Manscaped have cleared you for takeoff. Kick your pubes into the next planet with the performance package and the lawnmower 4.0, just like the other 2 million men worldwide that trust Manscaped for all their below the belt grooming. If you are looking for an out of this world experience, then look no further than the performance package 4.0 from Manscaped. It has just launched off not only in the USA, but Canada, the UK, across Europe, Australia, South Africa, and Singapore. And I know that we have at least one listener in Australia. I see you popping up on the demographics, my friend. Inside the Performance Package 4.0, you will find the new and improved Lawnmower 4.0, the Weed Whacker Ear and Nose Hair Trimmer, the Crop Preserver Ball Deodorant, the Crop Reviver Toner, a pair of boxer briefs that I'm wearing right now, and a travel bag to hold your whole solar system. The Lawnmower 4.0 has a 400K LED spotlight you can turn on and off when needed for a more precise shave throughout your travels across the universe. It also includes a cutting edge ceramic blade to reduce grooming accidents thanks to the advanced skin safe technology. After you get done using the Lawnmower 4.0, don't forget to wrap it all up with the Crop Preserver Ball Deodorant and the Crop Reviver to help your planets be on their A-game when you're feeling the sun's heat. If you want to help out the podcast and help yourself out, you can get 20% off on any product and free worldwide shipping if you use our code SOULSERUMPOD. That's right, you heard me. Go to manscaped.com. Get yourself 20% off. Get some free worldwide shipping by using our code SOULSERUMPOD. For a clean trinity and beyond, your space balls will thank you. Go to manscaped.com. Use our code. Now back to the podcast. Um, so you are a perpetual live performer. In almost all the old interviews I watched getting ready for this, at some point, like you're like about to perform a show, like almost all of them. Mm -hmm. Um, and I know you've been doing the performances at Mecca, like the kind of DJ mm -hmm. sets, but, um, what is your status with performing right now? I mean, like, obviously it's slowed down mm -hmm. as has everybody's live performances. Um, but like, are you actively seeking out performances right now? I'm trying my best not to slut myself out in Cincinnati, Ohio. Cause it's like, bro, I've been doing this for a while here. I've performed literally damn near everywhere. You know what I mean? So it's like, I'm, at this point, I'm just running around in circles. So it's like, I need newer things to do. So like, yeah. if it's like outside of the city, bet, book me. But if it's like inside of the city, it's going to be like some very rare appearances. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because y'all done seen me a hundred times. And I know I got new music and shit, but it's like, I know the vibes, bro. Like, y'all don't want to keep seeing someone y'all been seeing for years and years and years and years. Like, I get it. No one wants to ever say it, but like, it's apparent in people's actions. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So- I'm I'm chilling. That's why I do other things, producing, engineering, whatever. You want to come kick it, holler, whatever. We can do that. But like as far as performing, I've done it for the love. I've done it for no pay. Nah, we're not doing that shit no more. And that's only because I know my worth and my time is valuable, period. 
Very fair. Very fair. What's your favorite, uh, like, Cincinnati venue to perform in? Okay, like, bro, I'm not even going to hold you. Like, it's it's got to be the Mockby at this point. Because, like, the Mockby is just home for a lot of us. A lot of us developed our relationships with a lot of our peers at yeah. that place. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, it's one of the only places that you can smoke in, allegedly. Um, not that we would know nor have ever participated in that. I don't know. I don't know. But we do have heard that nothing. people smoke in there, of course. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And it's no judgment if you do or don't. I just heard stuff. <laughs> um and then like they they show me they show me love there all the time. Like like the staff fucks with me. I fuck with them. Yeah. Um Urban Artifact is definitely up there with the mock me for, for me. Same same scenario. Yeah. Can't smoke in there. But like they I they, saw a live jazz band there for like a assignment for college one time. I kind of went into it hesitant. Mm-hmm. Fucking great experience. Yeah, great venue to yeah, do you sure. do you perform like like you like walk in and take a right and it's like all the way like yeah, in the yeah, back yeah, over yeah, there? for okay, sure. Gotcha, yeah, that's gotcha. Urban Artifact. Yeah, Shout out to them. Yeah, they yeah. they they good people over there. They've actually remodeled since quarantine. So if you oh, haven't really? seen it since then, it looks crazy. I have in not. There. I have not it seen looks it crazy since then. Looks and they always show me love, man. So I always try to show them love back. Man, the mock be so we had a team meeting yesterday, and I'm not gonna talk about what we talked about, however. The Mockby did get brought up mm-hmm. in in some of it, and we were kind of talking about like, like does do you feel? I mean, in this as somebody who's performed at the Mockby many a times, like, is it just is it just burnt out now? Is it just overplayed? Like, like, and we to your point, we understand why people love the Mockby. Mm-hmm. You can pack that bitch out. Mm-hmm. It looks it's in a fucking tunnel. Right. It looks cool. Mm-hmm. You can smoke in there allegedly, of right. course. That's what I heard. But like, so many shows and so many things get put into the mock on such a regular basis mm-hmm. that I feel like maybe it's lost a little bit of its of its mystique. Do you do you feel that or no? It I may have felt like that like briefly last year, but then when, once I realized that like no one's performing, that shit went away. And then when it was opened, I realized how much I missed that place. So like as of right now, no. Um only because the novelty of not being there for like hella long. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But I wouldn't. I can't argue with someone that feels that way. Mm-hmm. I really can't because it's like it's, it is mad shows there all the fucking time. It seems that like whenever someone is performing, it's at there. But it's like, what do you expect? Like these venues are getting weirder as far as like staff and wh- who they allow, yeah. and what music to do in there. So if if the mock beat allows open arms for everybody, we shouldn't take that for granted. I'm not true. Even gonna hold you. Very good point, and that that's kind of like what we talked about yesterday too is like there are a lot of venues in mm-hmm. cincinnati but a lot of them are run by old white people that's what i'm saying who bro. do not want hip-hop that's shows. what i'm saying so it's like you better count your blessings before whether, you start cr- criticizing whether it's smoking inside or not I, I i think there's a lot of we talked about like the woodward theater and mm-hmm. otr would be a fucking great venue it would be wonderful mm-hmm. it looks great inside it's a nice little size whatever but it's ran by old white folks who see hip hop as I don't know if they Devil see it music. As, yeah, 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 yeah. Exactly, exactly. Man, yeah, nah, we got to get them out of here, bro. But then on the other side of that, there's like the new places. There's Icon, and then right across the river, the Newport one that I forget what it's called. I mean, they're both kind of like bigger venues, mm-hmm. but but I'm curious to see how those venues are going to like relate to the local scene yeah right you know we're gonna see it's like they're getting so like the i think the first concert at icon is trippy red i don't know if they've done a different one that's the first one that i've 
heard about. So like they're ushering it in with mm. a rap show. Mm. I don't know. It might, it might be, be a good sign. It might be a good sign. Where is Icon? I actually haven't heard of that yet. It's like, John, you might have to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is it not a stadium? Like they just built it. Not yes, too long ago. yeah, yeah. I it's like exactly it's like right about. next to the stadium. That's okay. exactly what yeah, it yeah, is. Yeah, yeah. Sure. I don't know. It's a it's a large venue, so like I don't know what they're gonna do to support mm-hmm. the local scene. But I, you know, that does kind of at least give people a new, uh, like a new place to at least For try sure. to get into. Tap in, man. If, if someone listening know someone that worked there or know someone that owns something over there, but tell them to tap, tap in specifically in. with your auntie. Stop playing. <laughs> Um, where, what, what is the, the whole, I'm just going to be direct about it. What is the, like, like the Keisha, uh, I don't want to call it an alter ego. But Thank this you. Kind, it's cause it's not, it's, <laughs> it's not, you it's understand. Not, it's not an alter ego, but like, it is like a recurring like theme sometimes right. in like your, your music. Like mm-hmm. what, uh, like where can you just talk to me a little bit? I'm going to try to make that. a long story less long. Okay. So I'm in LA fried. <laughs> as many people for sure do. you know the no, vibes so yeah, i'm in la yeah. fry I'm, I'm with i'm with sweetie mac you know what i'm saying we just talking we just having a conversation blah 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 then we start talking about our moms one thing led to another i was like yeah my mom low-key thought i was supposed to be a girl when she had me like she was like anticipating me being a girl she had my name picked out and everything and she, he was like what was it i was like i don't remember what she said it was but it was something with a k and he was like she was gonna name you keisha wasn't she and i was like no <laughs> but I'm going to put a pin in that. <laughs> Fast forward like a month later, I had a, a show to do at the Mockby. It was a Halloween show. It was costume themed. I didn't want to be a bozo and be the only nigga there without a costume. So I'm like, let me at least just put a wig on. So I went to the store, got me a wig. I think it was this one. And I just put it on. And, I was, and then I recalled that conversation. I'm like, I'm Keisha now. And I just wrote, I just, I just ran with it. It's really simple. I, I don't be thinking about this shit, but it just happened. I'd be like, all right, bet I'm rolling with it. Yeah, because because it's definitely not an alter ego, because if it was, you would be coming in here like doing a voice or like, you know what I mean? Or, like, I wouldn't call you Devin. Right, exactly, you know what I mean? Exactly. But like, there's like a little like side element to all of this. Where it's you're just Keisha. something to give you a second look at me, because like if I didn't have the song, you probably wouldn't give me a second look because I'm a nigga in the wig. You probably gonna look and be like, wait, what? Like, you know what I mean? So it's all for that second that bitch look. been flowing the whole time. Yeah, you, you know what I'm saying? Gotta, you know what I mean? <laughs> Gotta keep it. I got I, the, the goal is to have a wig for each day of the week. I got three. I just seen the Halloween stores is open now, so you know where I'm going after I leave here. <laughs> got to go shopping, bitch. What you, what are you talking about? If anybody from Spirit Halloween yes. is watching, sponsor the kid, please. I need all the wigs, all colors, all sizes. I don't care. Um. So what is what is next for you as far as music goes? So 2021 is like three fourths of the way through. Yeah. Ish. How do you plan on on finishing out the rest of the year? Okay, you may or may not know, but it is currently Keisha season right now. So it's this Keisha is, season. This is what I got on the rise. So we just dropped the uh, Sunday morning deluxe about a week or so ago with mm-hmm. Sweetie Mac. After that, September twenty first, which I haven't announced that to no one yet, but that's when that's unfortunate is coming out. So this is a soul serum exclusive. <laughs> Where you find this <laughs> head ass? Uh, so yeah, the twenty first that comes out. I think. The following month, I'm going to drop uh, Will Rap for Wings with J.B. Lamage. And then... Will Rap for Wings? Yes. And then I think... <laughs> is, follow- that a, is that a project or is that just it's a, a project. single? I don't oh. do no singles. Man, look, I don't do no craft singles, nothing like that. I just... We, we albums out over here. You know what I mean? Okay. So that's... I think that's maybe like, got like 10, 11 tracks or something on it. So it's, mm-hmm. it's cool. And then I think after that, I got... Uh, 
a, a collab project with Deo, Deo Gold. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if we chose a name, but we we lock it into. Um, yeah. Uh, Damn. But, so you working? It sounds. Yeah. Like. I, it don't stop, bro. Like it don't stop. Like if when I, I like setting up the fourth quarter. So like you know I worked all all this year, and then like all of that is to like boom, 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 boom. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Just to keep my name in people's mouth, bro. Because yeah. I'm here. I ain't going nowhere. How long have you been making music? I know we said like 16 years old is like when you kind of started producing. Right. So I- so I put my first project out when I was 18 in 2012. And then I put my second body of work out uh, 2014. That's when I feel like I started really taking this shit serious yeah, for real, for real. Yeah. So seven, eight years. Seven, eight years. Yeah. yeah. You get now. Do you feel like you're more confident now than you ever have been in your music? To a degree, yeah. I, I mean, still, I know you've always been. You've, I'm sure you've always been confident in what you've been putting out. But do you feel like? Because I feel like it's similar. Like I'll use just like a, a, a sports comparison. Mm-hmm. Like a lot of times, NBA superstars aren't really superstars until they get to that like eighth, ninth, tenth year of their career. Mm-hmm. Because now they've gone through all the bullshit. They've gone through all the rookie mistakes and whatnot. And you start to really hone in on your craft and and really get in your bag. Do you feel like that right now? Or do you feel like you're still ascending? I feel like a little bit of both of those. Like I definitely am always in my bag. I have not left since I got in this bitch, like first and <laughs> foremost. Um, but like I also... I'm very hard on myself. You know what I'm saying? I, I'm, of course, most artists are, but it's like no one can tell me anything about my music that I haven't already thought about myself. Like if it's like in a negative aspect, I've probably already went through that shit in my head. So like, I don't know. I don't know. It's like, I, I know I know what I've done, what I've done here. I know my impact. I know I have influence, but like, I still want more. Like this is only one part of this entire globe. Like I still got a whole other globe to go cover. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So I'm mm-hmm. like, I'm cool and I appreciate the love that I get here. But for me, respectfully, it's not enough. So like I need more. I want for more for myself and my peers. So that's what I'm trying to do. So I may seem like I'm not content, but just because I'm not content doesn't mean I'm not appreciative. Mm-hmm. And I don't ever want that to get misconstrued. Like, mm-hmm. I appreciate everything, all the love I've gotten over the years. But, like, I have to go do more. I can't just stay here and do this here forever. Right. You know what I mean? So, Do you mean that, too, like, like geographically? Like, do you mean literally, like, here in Cincinnati? Do you feel like you want to move on to a different place? Or do you I, think you could do it here? I think oh, – because I think I kind of went through this a little bit on the Mind and Method episode. Like, mm-hmm. if, if something – happens to me where it's like, okay, I can go travel two, three, four times out of the month and go do what I need to go do elsewhere, but still have my my, my house here. I'm content with that. That's cool because yeah. I'm still doing what I want to do. Yeah. Now, like, of course, people be like, I want to go to L.A., but I don't know if I want to move to L.A., bro. Like, no. I'm, I'm too smart to understand that that may not be, like, the best thing for me. Like, for so many reasons, financially, mentally, yeah. all type of shit. So it's yeah. like, if I can find a balance between that, I'm going to do it. But if then if something calls me to go out to L.A., then fuck it, I'm going to go do it. Because yeah. at least I can say I can did it or I did it. And, like, if I'm fucked up, I can come back here and I know I got a place to stay. You know what I mean? So True. I think honestly that is like in the age of the internet that's a very possible and b like ideal. Mm-hmm. Like I would love to to be able to live in a place like Cincinnati. I mean like I do already live here. But I mean like <laughs> like <laughs> and like where you know the cheaper cost of living a little bit closer to home. I'm more familiar with like the culture here and whatnot like then rather than going out to LA and just getting dropped yeah. in the fucking 
ocean. It's out a culture there, shock, you know bro. I mean? Like even yeah. though it's still like the United States, it's a culture shock. Like, bro, when I went over there for the first time, I think it was 2019, I was mm-hmm. like, what the fuck is going on? Like yeah. everything is just so fast paced and people yeah. are like LA people. I'm not even gonna say nothing about it. They just LA people. And I'm not yeah. from LA. Yeah. Period. You know what I mean? Exactly. It's just different. You know what I'm saying? And to be thrown in that, you think and you think that's what you want until you get it and then you find out like it's not what you want, but now you're stuck here. Yeah. You know what I mean, I'm not trying to do that. I feel like Chicago and Atlanta are a little bit easier translations from like absolutely from what we're used to culturally here Bruh. chicago definitely is still a midwest city but i feel like it doesn't we're kind of in like in cincinnati and and i'm originally from louisville but mm. i mean we're same tri-state area right. like like sure we're kind of like midwest but we still have a lot of southern influence mm-hmm. in in our everyday like life and culture here and i don't think chicago really gets that southern influence whereas atlanta does yeah absolutely but chicago does have the midwestern like uh oh like we really like ranch and <laughs> and beef sandwiches <laughs> like they got they got all that shit that's like a little bit more familiar right what? I, the cincinnati low-key think that they atlanta yeah, yeah. If you if you ask people that, bro, like that are from here and have lived here for a while and go back and forth to Atlanta, I feel like Cincinnati as a city thinks that it's Atlanta, but it's not. I can't even describe to you like what even makes me think that, but like I feel like that's a very accurate statement. <laughs> I think it's that that's like southern influence. Yeah. For I really sure. think that that has a lot to do with this. Us being on the Ohio River and getting like I think I've like gone back and thought about this a lot. Mm-hmm. I'm like, how does like culture get created in cities? And like us being right off the Ohio River so that people can come up or come down mm-hmm. and like drop off culture as they go, I think has a lot to do with how that is kind of cultivated mm-hmm. here and kind of how that might relate to that that like Atlanta relation That's to Cincinnati. I think we have a, a, like a little bit of an East Coast influence too. Like yeah. of course, it's the Midwest, so we got influence from everywhere, of right, course. But like right. the South and the East for sure, because it's like I feel like we have the aggression of both coasts. Like mm-hmm. the South can be aggressive to some degree, and the East Coast can definitely be aggressive. You know what I mean? Yeah. I feel like people here are just mean. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? And I feel like we've adopted that from, like, other places, for sure. People here, I'd, I swear, like, so like I said, I'm from Louisville, and I moved up here, like, six years ago. Mm-hmm. And uh, one of the biggest differences, just, like, in day-to-day interactions that I have with people is motherfuckers in Ohio drive so aggressively, they don't give a fuck you about so? you. Yeah, I think so. I think I think back in Kentucky, like, people are like, oh, come on into the lane. Oh, don't worry <laughs> about it. Come on in, bud. We don't mind. And people in Ohio are like, I'm going across four lanes right now, and I actually don't give a fuck what you think. And just, yay! I'm not even going to hold you. Some, sometimes that'd be me. But look, it's, it's <laughs> only because it's, some, it's only because I'm adapting to the way other niggas drive here. You know what I mean? Bruh, Ohio drivers, like... I swear. No, you were dead ass right. I just moved over, like, into Cincinnati. I'm actually in Cincinnati mm-hmm. now. The intersection by our house, John, Vine and... Uh, is it McMillan? Oh, the, where where Mad Frog is yeah, right yeah. there, motherfuckers at that intersection it's scary act over there. crazy, yeah, for sure. bro. And then so so what am I supposed to do? I'm gonna start acting crazy too. You don't have a choice. I'm gonna start. I'm like, damn, that light's been red for three seconds. I'm gonna fuck this. Yeah, wait, you better skirt over there real quick. Over this. Oh my god. Yes. Now, I think it's funny you said that Ohio drivers are aggressive because when I went out to L.A. 
I felt like that was aggressive. Oh car. yeah, oh yeah. But but it's only because they all drive like that, so like that's normal for them. And I feel like that's low key normal for us. But Ohio drivers just can't drive, bro. Niggas just suck here. Period. <laughs> I be so sick of it. Niggas think I have road rage, and that don't be the case. What it is is I'm an, a very impatient person, and then pair that with a bunch of niggas that can't drive. Yes, I'm cussing you out from my car. What are you talking about? But that's not road rage to me. I'm sorry. You, you just got to experience it. <laughs> no, yo, I have definitely said some really foul things about other people in my car. Oh, like, everybody be, <laughs> it's like some of the best, like, way to get up, to get out that pent up aggression. Yeah. It's just like some dude happened to, like, get into my lane a little bit. I'm just, like, talking about how I hope his family never experiences wealth. I'm just man. Like, man, you motherfucker. Man, I really man. hope you have a bad day after after this red light on me. I hope you go to your doctor's appointment and he tells you something really bad about your man. health, motherfucker. I, I, I hope you got gout now. <laughs> I just hope just your toes are just fucked up and you can't even drive no more. Fuck out of here. Yeah, it'd be like that. <laughs> oh, my toe. <laughs> my gout, my God. goddamn gout is acting up. God yeah, damn. bitch, I wonder why. Hey, bro, if I ever, if anybody I, that I am personally friends with ever gets gout, I am. It's jokes only. I will not support them in their health <laughs> troubles. I'm. I'm gonna be like, you got gout. You got the gout. What are you, fifty six? You got <laughs> gout. What the fuck? That's so crazy. <laughs> um, is there anything else that you would like to talk about before we wrap it up and and get out of here? Today? Uh, shit. Okay, so on the nineteenth of September, I got uh that's unfortunate listening party at Urban Artifact. Yes, I'm, sir. I'm doing an invite only because I don't fuck with a lot of you niggas like that. So yeah, you heard him. Uh, 21st of September that's unfortunate the album's gonna be on all the platforms mm-hmm. uh, September 23rd we doing Mecca at Mecca mm-hmm. <laughs> we, uh, Lotus Room at Mecca I'm doing a set then and then Friday the 24th we doing a That's Unfortunate release show with Donuts and Alcohol and Wise Words it's me nice. POC Chloe Hotline and Girl Next Door and then we Shout got out. we got Keisha and Friends all, yeah. all on Friday that Friday so yeah just pull up Shout out album. all those people. Yes, sir. We Where do you here. play at at Mecca, by the way? Like, like what, like literal location in Mecca do you play at? I've been trying to like think about this. I haven't been to Mecca in like a year or two, but like, so like, so, is it like where like the outside little bar well, is? Or uh, we, we was playing outside, and then some white lady started complaining that like uh, we was too loud. But it's like, bitch, you live across the street of a bar, from a bar. and it's the summertime. And you, you you've had silence for a whole year. You know what I'm saying? Because of quarantine. Yeah. So get the fuck over yourself. So That's she called so the police. Wack. Police was like, yo, we can't have that out here. So, so we end up moving so, inside. Dude, so I'll be inside now. That. I, I know, but that should that be so rap, man, whack, if bro. If you live next to, across from, in a one block vicinity of a bar. You signed up for that. You're making a choice. Period. You're making a choice. Literally. And that's okay. Like, like you can live next to that bar. You just got to know that like at 1.30 in the morning, motherfuckers are, do not care about you. Literally. They do all. not care. You better get something. Becky just said something to Jennifer in the bathroom, <laughs> and now they're crying. She is okay? throwing a bitch fit. She's mad. She's <laughs> <Man>. mad. <laughs> but nah, like, what's fucked up about her is that like, okay, so like, it's other events that happen during, during the week that happen there. But she only says something when we there and like mm. nothing else during the rest of the week. So you, mm. you see where I'm going. I ain't got to say Actually, it, so. I have an anecdote that relates to this and then we'll get out of here. Okay. Uh, my two good friends, Chris and Ian, work at this bar in Covington called Larry's. Mm-hmm. And it was just them two. And they have a rule like after nine o'clock, it's our music. Mm-hmm. You, you know, if you're coming to this bar, you get to listen to it. Not that they're playing anything outlandish, but mm-hmm. they're going to play what they want to. Right. This gentleman comes into the bar. And he's like, hey, man, you guys got a uh, jukebox or like touch tunes? And they're like, uh, no, nah, man, it's just like a playlist on an iPod back mm-hmm. here. Like, he's like, uh, 
can I like make a request? Like, can we, can we listen to something else? And they were listening to hip hop at the time. Mm-hmm. He's like, can we, can I make a request? And they were like, sure. And he's like, can you play literally anything else but hip hop? And Chris and Ian are like, uh, no, we're listening to only hip hop for the yeah, rest nah. of the night. And, and it's like, we, we all had the same reaction. We we're like, mm, what do you mean yeah, right. by yeah, that? Like, come on, what son. do you, what do you we mean by listen to anything other than hip hop? Yeah, like the fuck out of here, just, man. Just say it. Better, just say it, better get barred up and, and appreciate it. And it was almost like they, it was, it's like, a, it's like, are you, you're challenging me? It's like, you're challenging me. You want me to play something? Oh, no, 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 no. We're only listening to hip hop yeah, now, motherfucker. Yeah. Like, I DJ I, Mecca and people be trying to request. And like, nah, no requests. Someone paid me $40 to play Still Tipping by Paul Wall, Slim Thug, and Mike Jones. Ooh. I played that bitch twice. <laughs> I was like, you got it, sir. $40? That's crazy. $40 to play a fire song. Right. First of all, like, he, like, that's a good request. And he came with the cash. Yeah, you, it's getting played twice. What's funny it's about that twice. song is that it ended up clearing out the dance floor when I played it. But I'm like, yo, Damn. this nigga paid me $40. I'm not about to not play this <laughs> no, song, fam. Got, I'm sorry. Y'all got to deal with this. To. Yeah, y'all, y'all still tip over there by the bar and, and tip the bartender while you at it, bitch. <laughs> Damn. Hey, still tipping. Is it actually about the service industry? You think, or, or is it about being in Houston and uh, and swinging it's cars? It's about bartenders being in Houston and swinging <laughs> cars. <laughs> they, they still tipping. You know what I mean? How is that there? I'm sure that exists somewhere, right? It has like to a be. still tipping bartender remix. If there isn't, what are y'all doing? If there isn't, I'm editing this part of the podcast out. Yeah, capitalize. We're going to get it and together. We're going to make we're it. Gonna <laughs> All the bartenders, holler at us. We got you. I want to thank everybody for listening and yes, for watching right. this episode of the Soul Serum Podcast. Before we get out of here, obviously, I got to remind y'all, follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Soul Serum. Follow the Soul Serum TV Instagram page. Subscribe to us on YouTube, Soul Serum Soul Serum TV. Devin, where can they find you at on the internet? You can find me on the internet. <laughs> just everywhere. <laughs> just not. wherever. You My, know? Uh, on Twitter is D underscore Burgess Music. B-U-R-G-E-S-S Music. Devin Burgess Music. Everywhere else. I couldn't. My name is too long on Twitter. So I was like, nah, you got to do something about that. So that's where I'm at. But Devin Burgess. D-E-V-I-N-B-U-R-G-E-S-S Music. Everywhere. If it's, if it's not a nigga in the wig on, on, the, on, the, on the screen, it's not me. <laughs> it's the wrong one. Yes. It's the wrong Devin Fun fact, Burgess. if you search Devin Burgess on Google, a picture of a white man comes up. But we're not going to talk about it. I'm going to get that shit straightened out. <laughs> it, it's some nigga that sells glass in California with my name. I don't know. Wait, hold on. I, see, like, I don't think I actually Googled, Googled your name. I just went to, like, Spotify and YouTube and all that. My music could come up, but instead of my face, oh, it's this white man. Oh, my God. It is. What the fuck? But I low key want to keep it. Like, like I love that it's this white dude, and it's like twenty three year old MC slash producer. (laughs) Devin Burgess was born and raised in Middletown, Ohio. It's you. It is, but it's not. It's just not you, though. I've been thinking about taking this man's face and putting his his name, his face on shirts and selling it as merch. Who is this man? I don't know. I think his name is Devin Burgess. That's my dad. I think. You all look exactly alike. You see the resemblance. I'm going to put up a picture of this of yes. this white man yes. next to you. Pops. <laughs> Pops. That's the bootleg man right That's here. the bootleg man. Can you believe it? Oh That's where I was at. Oh, my God. On me. <laughs> As always, everybody, thank you all for listening and watching. I am your host, Clay Bonin. 
Young Keisha, a.k.a. Devin Burgess, a.k.a. your favorite auntie. Thank you, everybody, for listening to this season of the podcast. Thank you, everybody, who made this possible. John, Tanner, Fiki, Trip, uh, Chris, Ben, Chach for the Beats, um, motherfucking goddamn everybody else who has come on the show. We really appreciate you all. I appreciate everybody listening, um, and we'll see y'all in a month's time. We'll be back and better than ever. See y'all in a month. Deuces.